for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 64 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. We're here, baby. We're here. It happened. We got a new Rogue One trailer. I oh, was, it's so great. I was sort of bitching about it um, a couple of weeks ago when we only got the behind-the-scenes uh, deal from Celebration, but we didn't even have to wait that long for an actual trailer. And boy, was it worth the wait. So, Absolutely. As you guys can probably tell, that will be the main focus of tonight's episode. We will also cover some emails and a little bit of uh, extracurricular Star Wars news. But before we do that, i got to give them the business, Will. Give them the business. You want to give them the business this week, Will? I'll give them the business. You give them no, the business. No, you give them the business. I take that back. <laughs> I just chickened out. You give them the business. Okay, well, you can follow us. On Twitter at Blue Harvest Pod. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can email us at Blue Harvest Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're into the whole supporting a podcast through merchandise thing, we have shirts, mugs, notebooks, all that kind of cool stuff available at tpublic.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You want to know why I didn't give them the business? Because you couldn't remember all that? No one gives them the business like you give them the business. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think you're uh, hyping up my business giving skills a little too much, there, buddy. Oh, from what I know, you get you you give the business. Well, I'm in the business of giving them the business, mm. and business and is, is good. Oh yeah, it is. So, uh, how's your week been, buddy? It's been good. So, uh, for the uninitiated. Um, you might notice a little uh, sound difference in our buddy Will. He still sounds nice and clear and good, but um, Will got run out of Birmingham. Yep, by, by the uh, police, a giant mob. Yep, too much ass crushing. They run him out. Actually, uh, he moved back to Mississippi, so yep. Will will be joining us through Skype from now on. Um, I will be hooked up through Skype and the internet. This man had some major dedication. Uh, our good listeners, this man went out. He got himself a laptop and a mic, 
this week, ready to record, not missing a beat. That's some fucking dedication. So I think all of our faithful listeners at home should give them just a small round of applause. Well, I appreciate that, and I wouldn't be able to do it without you. And you're the most important part of all of this, and I appreciate oh. all your help. I don't know about that, buddy. Have you have you ever listened to that episode I did by myself? Oh, I love that episode. It's my favorite. Oh, I do not like that episode. You sound so <laughs> disgusted with yourself. Just that I'm sitting here by myself talking about Star Wars to my cat, yeah, Walter. and it's great. And it's only when you feel like it's going poorly that it it, it that it, you know... It dips at all. Everybody's like, no, man, come on. Keep going. It's great. Well, um, so uh, like I said, Will will be showing up through Skype. Uh, you know, there may be some extenuating circumstances here and there where he can't make it. But if that oh, happens, I'm sure I'll be, uh, and I'm sure I'll get a chance to come back into town. At oh, some yeah. Point or another. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, so, you know, um, what well, we have excellent- a really awesome library of guests already yeah and we've got some coming up that i think are pretty exciting so stay tuned for that i would also like to say that um i forgot what i was gonna say oh what i was gonna say is how awesome we started this goofy little podcast a little over a year ago and now it gives us an excuse to talk every week even though you've moved away right i think that's pretty clutch the beauty of podcasting my friends the beauty of best friends my friends the beauty of best friends podcasting about the best franchise in the fucking universe, my friends. I mean, it just doesn't get any better. It's the best of the best of the best, literally. I am literally riding that Rogue One trailer high right now, and uh, I don't know that anything's going to bring it down, except for maybe the drought of Star Wars news that will follow in the next couple of weeks, because you know that's going to happen. Yeah, just because this was so much at once. So... Uh, before we get into breaking down the trailer, uh, we've got a little bit of Star Wars news to cover. Um, the biggest piece of note would be that the rumor is the casting for a young Lando um, to be in the Han Solo film is currently underway. I mean, that just makes sense to me. Yeah, b- big surprise, right? Yeah, like I saw that coming. Next thing you know, you're going to tell me that they're, uh, you know, putting back the Millennium Falcon set back together and expect me to be surprised by that, you know? No. Never. They're, they're building uh, DL-44 props. Surprise! Really? Um, so, um, the other rumor that came out, I believe it came out uh, originally from a site called Heroic Hollywood. I, I can't trace that for sure and say that's the exact origin point but apparently they are saying that the front runner for the role of young lando is um donald glover from donald glover as in like community yes troy wow from community and i gotta say as a big community fan i couldn't be happier with that idea i think he would make really good yes he's really smart i'd like to see his lando impression Right. Or, you know, th- that character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure it won't be. It, you, and, you know, you can't get through this rebooting and remaking with exact impressions. But kind right. of the way, I, I guess J.J. Abrams did it in Star Trek. Like, those characters live on in spirit, but not necessarily <laughs> in exact mannerisms. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, um, I've said it before with the Han Solo casting. I would rather them get a guy that just does a good job at being Han Solo rather than a guy that's good at 
impersonating Harrison Ford. Right. That's exactly right. You know? Precisely. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um, what do you think? Do you think if this all turns out to be true and honestly, this is one of those where there's smoke, there's fire. It makes sense. If young Lando is in this movie, do you think this will be pre Han having the Falcon or do you think he'll already have the Falcon by this point? I would imagine if you put Lando in there, I, I would, I could see Lando losing the Falcon to Han, but if you're planning on there being more movies, I think it it might be cooler to see it in another movie. Right, maybe. Hmm, it's a tough call. If there is going to be more Han Solo movies, I know I've said this before, I don't want them to cram all the Han Solo backstory stuff into one movie. Like, Yeah, you know, that, that I, totally makes sense. Like, I, I see what you're saying. Like, you know, I want them to save some some goodies for the the next one or next two or whatever the hell we get out of this. Um, but yeah, that's that's exciting to me, man. I I love the character of Lando, and um, you know, it only makes sense. Hopefully, you know, maybe if this um this casting is well received and the character, uh, the younger version of Lando is well received, maybe we could even get a young Lando spinoff movie. I would be. All that was going to be my next my next point. You know, I bet if this does well enough and is received well enough, he'll get his own movie. Oh yeah, and I would watch that all day. See, right? You know what? I want a backstory on Lando. I want a backstory on how he got that sweet ass gold lined cape. You love that cape. I I often find myself wondering why don't we wear capes to this day? I think capes are just a an awesome fashion fashion choice. Well, there was this ballerina chick that got killed by her own scarf. And, I mean, it was a long scarf. She was famous for wearing these long scarves. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I don't know if capes get caught in stuff and choke you in. I don't know, but... Whoa. whoa. You're bringing out some um, some stuff I didn't even... So there was a famous ballerina lady who got choked out by her own scarf? Yeah. Yeah. Oof. She was real famous for wearing these long scarves. And, like, she got in her sports car or whatever and, like... Or something happened. I, I could be totally <laughs> misrepresenting that, but I know there was a lady famous for wearing these really long scarves and the scarf got her killed. Was this recently or no, or no, I'm this is back in the day. I'm okay. pretty sure it's an old ballerina chick. I could be wrong. Okay. Well, uh I might have to I'm do have some to fact check. Yeah, I might have to do some fact checking on that. Um but yeah, yeah, I mean, come on! How awesome would it be to just stroll into a party wearing a cape and not be made fun of because you're the only motherfucker wearing a cape? Oh, it'd be awesome. Capes are something that I could see making. I mean, you know, unfortunately, or, you know, like cloaks. You yeah, know, like a you know, instead of having a rain jacket, what if you had a, a cloak, like a water resistant cloak, like a poncho that's not plastic? Oh yeah, poncho. Fucking not poncho. A cloak. That's not cool. Like, nobody gets style points for a fucking poncho. You know, if capes do come back, the first ones will pick it up will be the fucking hipsters. And then they'll be, like, you know, twirling their mustache with wax and wearing capes and shit and monocles and top hats and coats with tails and shit. And I'll just be like, ugh, I don't want to wear a cape anymore. Right. Um, and another bit of news, I had a quite the delivery in the mail this week. What'd uh, you get? I got the Comic-Con exclusive Black Series Obi-Wan set. Oh, you sent me a picture of that. It looks incredible. 
it is probably my favorite Black Series figure now. Like, I think it's definitely in the top five, if not maybe the best one they've ever done. And that's including, like, Boba Fett, which I think is solid, and L.O. Atsy, Atsy, what, however you say his name. There's a lot of solid ones. There's some bad ones. But, man, it's an impressive, nice package. It, um, it worked out real well. I was able to score one off of the Hasbro shop when they briefly went on sale this week. And that is no small task. Hey, right. Dharma, calm down. Um, Dharma got excited. She did. Unfortunately, mine showed up a slight bit damaged. There's a tiny little crease. No. Yeah, there's a tiny little crease in the front sort of flap on the packaging. Yeah. And um, I'm going to contact Hasbro tomorrow and see if there's anything they can do for me. I right. Don't, Maybe if they give you a new one. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be able to do anything. I don't know how limited in quantity are there they these are if they even have any for exchanges. But if they do, hopefully they'll uh they'll help me out. Either way, I'm stoked to have it. It just sucks that it came in a little beat up. Yeah, it does. It looks great though. I'm sorry it came in beat up. Eh, it happens, you know. I I, I don't think it was a, a I think it was damaged before they shipped it. Like I think, because it was packed great. Like the shipping and stuff, there was there was nothing wrong with the their method of shipping or packing. So I think it was just sort of a a beat up box before they sent it. And you know maybe they sent it out being like, ah, eh, whoever's getting this won't care. Right. Little they, they know. were wrong. My anal ass was like, anal uh, ass. excuse me, um, excuse me. There's a crease in the front flap, and I need. This in perfect condition for my collection. When I paid my money. I did not pay for the crease. <laughs> and it came cone creased. Con- I got a... Uh, Obi-Wan got- cone crease. Obi-Wan cone creased. I've got a fact-checking moment here for you. Uh-oh. The ballerina that died from the scarf. Right. Isadora Duncan. Okay. She died in uh, 1927. The scarf was so long, it got wrapped around the back uh, wheel axle, and it snapped her neck. Holy shit. So she did go to get in a car. Oh, yeah. And the scarf got wrapped around the back wheel. She went to fucking speed off in her fancy 1920s car, and the shit snapped her neck. That's brutal. Yeah, it's pretty that, bad. That's some fucking Final Destination shit. When you when I always thought about it, I was like, "Damn, that's a long ass scarf." Right, right. Why not drag the ground. I mean, that, I mean, you walk. This is not like this was a, a smart car. This was a giant 1920s Model T and shit. Right. It was in Nice, France, so it could have been a fancy car. No doubt. If you're the kind of lady that wears a fucking scarf that long and, and you're a professional ballerina, something tells me you're not buttering around in a fucking, you know, 1989 Corolla. No, like a 1927 Monica race car. Right. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so do you want to get into the main thing here? Do we want to break down this Rogue One trailer? I'd like to break it right on down. So, uh, once again, the folks over at Disney really screwed us nerds here and put this trailer in the middle of the evening uh, events of the Olympics last night. 
Right. Last year, when we got the uh, the full trailer for The Force Awakens, it was during Monday Night Football. And then this year, we had to sit through an ungodly amount of fucking swimming to see this Rogue One trailer. Luckily, mm-hmm. for me, I only had to sit through about 10 minutes of the Olympics until I got to see the trailer. But some people I was following on Twitter... Man, they were they were on it at like seven, just waiting for this thing. And those poor bastards, they had to watch all kinds of Olympic action. I I really like the Olympics, and I mean, I know they put up probably what we're gonna get gold in because we're Team USA. What we're good at, obviously, swimming, gymnastics, all that other crap. But right, I I, I fencing that was really cool to watch. You know, just I like the Olympics. You know what? I, I have no love for the Olympics. It just doesn't do it for me. You know, Goose and I actually had this uh, discussion yesterday. Yeah, Cause, why? Because he called me and he was like, um, what time's that Rogue Ra- Oh, man, what time's that Rogue One trailer coming on? And I was like, I don't know, man. I've heard it's any time after 7 our time. It'll probably be during the swimming finals, which it was. It was right before, I believe, Michael Phelps's last race of the evening. Um and uh that man is hungry for gold (laughs) and and goose was like i was like you know i might not even watch it i might wait and just because it'll be up on youtube almost immediately and he's like oh man why not and i was like yes i don't really like the olympics oh man i don't i can't fuck with you now man saying you don't like the olympics oh man the olympics is the nipple on the tit (laughs) that's that's how Goose feels. I just can't do it, man. A bunch of fucking second-tier sports I don't even care about. I barely care care about the fucking quote-unquote um, first-tier sports. What are the first-tier sports? I don't know. You know, like football, basketball. You know, the ones that are on every year, not just every four years. Yeah. Just the fucking muscle-bound dudes throwing rocks and shit. Like, when they put the Kumite into the olympics or they put um i don't know laser tag you know what i'd be stoked about skateboarding that would be kind of neat they got judo do they i'm pretty sure president vladimir putin is the honorary president of the olympic judo society or some stupid something stupid like that he's a judo master i wonder who he knocked off to get that fucking title right right who did he kill what 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 kind of briefcase of money gets you president of judo that is a question that is a good question because whoever whoever he had to do that to like i would be the fucking president of judo i know both i don't know shit about judo but i'd be the goddamn president of judo can you imagine that on my resume i'm pretty sure you just gotta have to know how to grab a dude by the shirt and throw him okay look i i know that's the basics but something tells me it gets a little <laughs> I, more complicated. I know there's than that. more to it than that. I'm not trying to belittle it. I took some Taekwondo, and I know that there's more than just the occasional knife hand thrust for all our Taekwondo aficionados. Sal, Sal's like, ooh, Will, you know there's more to it than that. Oh, yeah. Sal is, is going gonna, is gonna to hit you up on Twitter and be like, Will, just grabbing dudes by shirts? Come on. <laughs> Come on. I thought you were my martial arts dude. <laughs> All right, so why don't you get your trailer all queued up, and I'll get mine all queued up, and we'll break this bitch down. All right, sounds good. I think I'm queued up and ready to go. All right, well, here we go. Um, In three, two, one, play. 
So it looks like we've got, I believe this is a shot of Jetta to start off with. The world is coming undone. We've got old Saul Guerrero. Now, Saul you see Guerrero. this? I think that is the Jedi Temple on Jetta. Oh. With the um, Star Destroyer hovering above. Let's just get this over with, shall we? Mon Mothma. Yep. Oh, this is That's such an incredible shot of a I know, Star man. Destroyer coming out of the shadow. ILM fucking going for it this time. That's the U-Wing. That's the new ship. This, this, this is some badass shit here. Oh yeah, Donnie Yen, motherfucker. Force wills it. The captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. Thanks. K two S O. Being snarky. Ah, this shot. That's the first time I've seen it upside down. I know, man. I mean, literally. Talk about flipping the script on us. Let's just show this bitch upside down and everybody lose their damn mind. There is a 97.6% chance of failure. He means well. That shot right there, the night shot of the, the X-Wings going through the canyon, amazing. Uh, this shot. Her walking up to this TIE fighter like a boss. All the way. Yep. Ballsy. And then here that it comes. Awesome. Here it comes. Oh, shit. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me with the Darth T Vader tease at the end? Fucking beautiful. It was, it was perfect. So I'm going to start mine over and just have it on loop while we discuss it here. Um, what What is your takeaway from this trailer? Um, on the on the just that first shot of that second watch, the temple and that city look like, I mean that looks like the top of the city that in the beginning. Um, I don't know though. Like it's just crazy the fact that she can gather that whole crew, because that crew looks badass. And when they're all gathered in that last shot on the spaceship, ready to do the thing, like right, it just looks so awesome. Yeah. Um, and the detail in that. In the detail in that uh, Star Destroyer when it's coming out of the shadow of that main mm -hmm. cannon looks Amazing. incredible. Yeah, uh, you know, I was wondering if we were going to see some, some like, because John Knoll, um, one of the heads at um, ILM and the creator of Photoshop, you know, this is his, his original, like he's the one that came up with this, this idea for this movie. Um, he pitched it to the story group and then... You know, they assigned writers, and here we are, like four months away from our first Star Wars spinoff. Um, I was wondering if we were going to see some real impressive CGI shit in this one, since the head of ILM is fucking, you know, so involved with this one. And I got to say, like, there is some beautiful CGI work in this, along with everything that's done practically. But damn, that, like you were saying, that Star Destroyer shot, that city shot at the the beginning, like... That is some George Lucas shit right there, man. It is. It really is. And um, that the vehicle that is like the predecessor to the X-Wing is the E-Wing. The U-Wing. The U-Wing. E yes. 
that is a that's that's a cool little ship. Is it a fighter or is it kind of like a shuttle? I think it is a combination fighter slash troop transport. Um, yeah. And you know, it's it starts off looking like a tuning fork when it's in atmosphere. When we see it in this um, this trailer, it's got the tuning fork look. But those two, I don't know, tuning fork pieces that come off the front, they actually yeah. fold back into wings when it's um, like flying in space and shit. So it, it's oh, got a little cool. bit of Transformers more than meets the eye type deal going on with it. <clears throat> I, yeah, that is a really cool looking ship. Um, you know, I, I will say this, like, you know, for my general disappointment in The Force Awakens not having much in the way of new ships and shit for us. Right. It's surprising that the spinoff movie is where we're getting to see some new shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. That is kind of odd. But I guess it's the era that it's in that makes it okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, I guess that's that. I would also just think that in 30 years, I know the Resistance is working with some older shit. You know, they're not using top-of-the-line ships and equipment in The Force Awakens, right. but I, th- I would think we would have seen something a little more advanced than the X-Wings we saw. They're a little different, but for all intents and purposes, they're the same ship, you know? Right. It's just an updated version of that. Um, and what you really want to see is something new and badass. And yeah. that's probably... They probably wanted to spend that first movie giving homage and then the second one they could cut loose a little bit yeah i'm hoping that's what it is you know i'm hoping you know the first one was and i've said this before it's it's sort of what you need to do to keep everybody to get everybody back into star wars that aren't like us that haven't been here since we were kids and stuck through it with through thick and thin you know what i mean right Um, and you gotta remind everybody like that sort of lapsed as fans hey remember x-wings remember tie fighters that all that shit you loved well, here it is again. Um, yeah. Man, I, I, I'm so excited about this fucking movie, man. It's um, going to be so great. Yeah, every every trailer, every shot, every fucking article I read about this just gets me more and more excited. Where it wasn't that I wasn't excited. It was just after the ending of The Force Awakens, like, I want to see episode eight. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm ready right. to see Luke. I'm ready to see the continuation of that story. And, you know, it, it's hard to get as excited. It was, I'll say it was harder to get as excited about this one, but the more and more I see of it, man, I don't know. I think this is going to be something really special. It's I just, I, it's going to be a, a star Wars story. unlike anyone you've ever seen before. And if this is received really well, this could go incredible for the star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. We could see so many more great Star Wars movies that aren't even in the main saga. <clears throat> yeah, and and this is a big step for them, man. It's the first time we've seen a non-episodic Star Wars movie, and I think they're really trying to deliver. I think that is what the reshoots were really about, you know? I think they're trying to make sure that they take this first chance to do a movie not set within the you know the trilogy, the current trilogy they're working on, and really knock it out of the park so we get something special, so we ignite the casual fan base as, rel- as well as the rabid fan base like us, and just make sure that, you know, they make a fucking mark. You know what I mean? Right. I really like the way the new droid looks. K2SO. Um, K2SO. He's sturdy and looks combat ready. He doesn't look weak and like flimsy and frail like the uh, the droids in the... The B one, the B one battle droids, yeah, and yeah. 
Like, I knew when you get Alan Tudyk to do the voice and the motion capture for it, that's another thing. That droid, I mean, fucking spot on with the CGI. Does not look, it looks like it might as well be practical, that droid. Right. Um, when you get him, you know you're going to have, he's going to be a little bit of your comedic relief. You know what I'm saying? It's going to have to be because that's the droid spot. Yes. Traditionally. Yeah, it is. It really is, especially in the original trilogy. Well, you know, really even in the prequels. Um, but man, I, I like his attitude. I like the way he looks. You know, uh, some people, I think, um, Johnny uh, included, aren't real stoked on his design. They think he looks a little plain. And I can see Wait. that, but he's also, imper- like, the Empire is not about fancy and, and you know, impressive looking. They're about getting Here's rid of individual visuality and utility instead of style although you know you want to you want to make something that's cgi rendered yet looks real make it simple make it simple make it easy to work on easy to to you know if you put too much detail in this cgi monstrosity it's you're gonna have a hard time you know know keeping that believability that it's real if you keep it simple it's always, you know, you're going to have the ability to make it feel real. Yeah, I, I, also, that, that's a good point, man. Also, as soon as you see that dude rip somebody in half or, you know, blow somebody away with a blaster, he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, you'll you'll warm up to him real quick. He's badass. Oh, yeah. I think um, in this case, looks are going to be deceiving because I think I'm calling now. I think that's going to end up being a lot of people's favorite character, man. Like people like the sassy sort of, you know. I don't know if sassy is the right term, but like the, you know, he's got a lip on him for a droid. Yeah, and, yeah he's uh, got a mouth. And people aren't used to seeing that in a droid, especially. Yeah, and you know what? We've been seeing, we've seen this sort of character in the Old Republic and HK-47. Um, in the Aftermath books, there's a character named Mr. Bones that's a rebuilt B-1 battle droid. Um, and And he's sort of like that. I don't think he's going to be as crazy and as bloodthirsty as Mr. Bones. But I think he's going to be a good time. Like, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of that character. Really, all of these characters. Um, that's what that's my excitement, is getting to know this whole squadron. Mm-hmm. Like, all that whole cast and how they, you know, form a party in their quest. Like, I'm really excited about that. So it looks in this, like, in this trailer, we get three planets, I'm saying. It looks like we get Jetta, We get um, Scarif which is the beachy planet that we see the ATATs sort of the jungly beach lost looking planet. Right. And um Yavin. Now I think I don't know for sure maybe that's all the planets, maybe there's a another one. I I'm wondering how much planet hopping we're going to see in this. Yeah, um, so do I. Especially since they have to travel undercover. You probably don't have the ability to just pick up and go system to system as you would like. Right. And I'm I'm wondering like do they have to, you know, do they get this whole team from one planet or do they have to go to a couple of different places to sort of ass- assemble this team? Where does Saul Guerrera, um, played by Forrest Whitaker, factor in all this? I don't know, man. Do you remember the planet he was on during the Clone Wars? Onderon? Yeah. Do you think they'll go back there? Mm, do you think he's on that same planet? I, he's not. I believe he is on Jeddah. I believe they okay. said he's on Jeddah. Um, you know, 
maybe that'll be part of his backstory that we get maybe in the movie, if not in the movie, in some books or ancillary material where we find out that he had to leave Onderon for some reason, you know? Yeah. Um, man, I, I wonder if we're going to get a look inside that, um, that Jedi temple. That's what I wonder. That Jedi temple on Jeddah. That would um, be cool. There was a article that came out this week where they basically, I believe it was Gareth Edwards, was talking about how there's a resource on Jeddah that the Empire is really interested in, and that's why they're there. Um, and with when you couple that with some other reports that have come out, it really looks like the Empire is on Jeddah to mine kyber crystals. For the big laser? Yeah, because that's, that's what the Death Star is powered by, is kyber crystals. Like, I don't know if it's like... I don't know if they take these uh, crystals and refine them and, and make a giant crystal to power this, or if it's, you know... I don't know how, exactly how it works, but I think that's why the Emperor, Empire has such a interest in the planet Jedi. Um, I was a, the only thing I'll say, and, and this is a small complaint... I wish we got a little more Director Krennic in this trailer, because I'm real fascinated with that dude. Spe- but I'll tell you that one fierce look we do oh. get from him says a lot. It says it a lot, awesome. and it and it does a lot for me, saying like, okay, yeah, this dude's looking pretty badass. He and, looks pissed. And that fucking cape, man. Speaking of capes, like, like how can you not see that cape and be like, damn, that's a, that's a good look. That cape is a good look. It is. So as of right now, it looks like we've seen everybody in the cast uh, except for uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who is playing Galen Erso, Jen's father. We have yet to, we've seen a couple of pictures of him from Celebration, but we have yet to see him in any of the footage. I'm wondering if he doesn't have that big of a role in the movie. Or, yeah, he may. Maybe he's in a flashback. Yeah, I. Th- Mm, I think you're probably right that he's in a flashback. If I, mm, It's hard to say. It is hard to say. Um, it could be that they're just holding it back for you know, later reveals or uh, he doesn't have that much of a role in the movie, so you know, they don't want to use it all up and show everything. You think Vader's on the, st- on the Death Star? That's a good question. I know people have identified that um, that Star Destroyer we see in, in those clips. Um, you know, the one coming out of the shadow of the super laser. Right. Uh, people have aden- identified that as his his ship, his Star Destroyer. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's him coming in to uh wreck ass or check on the progress or shit's going bad for director Krennic so they have to call in Vader. The one thing I would say we may need to do about this movie is sort of temper our expectations on Vader cuz yeah because I mean I agree too because the too much you give away about Vader you just I don't know you lose the magic of the saga movies. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um and and you just the other thing is is like you can't have Vader showing up and getting beat all the time because then he just becomes sort of like a a no, weak villain. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, this is the thing. If Vader shows up, he, everyone's got to die. 
Like, and they've right. been dancing around with that in, like, Rebels. But, like, I mean, the way he shows up in Episode 4, like, he shows up on the scene and people are just dying. All over the place. Like, um, yeah, like, I, you bring up a good point with Rebels. Like, they brought him into Rebels, but they didn't use him much. It wasn't like in the Clone Wars where... Grievous and Dooku were showing up, uh, showing up all the time and getting beat. You know what I mean? That was the one thing about the Clone Wars that I felt was kind of a misstep. Is like if you use Grievous and Dooku all the time and they don't win, then that sort of devalues them as a villain. Like it makes them seem kind of just like a I don't know a it makes hokey them seem stupid. Yeah, a hokey mustache twirling sort of tie tie a young lady to the train tracks type of villain. You know what I mean? I'll get you next time, Captain Planet. <laughs> um, man, I, so what's your favorite shot? What's your favorite shot from this new trailer? Oh, dude, you know, you know I got a, a boner for the the Vader's Star Destroyer coming out of that shadow. Yeah. But, uh, oh, it's so great. But also the that moment where K2SO walks up to Jen and looks at her and she's like, looks at him and I, I don't know she looks like she's kind of scared there for a second yeah, and like, he's I like, like uh, the captain says uh, you are a friend I will not kill you now yeah um and she's like oh well thanks I think my favorite shot has to be that shot of the x-wings going through that canyon at night man um I will say this I hope there's some space battle action like I understand it's neat to show us these ships in settings we haven't seen. We got that in The Force Awakens where it was a lot of atmospheric battles, which is cool yeah. to see. And that shot of the X-Wings going through the cannon is badass. I just would like to also see us return to a little space space battle action. See, I don't. I really don't think you're going to see much of that because, I mean, they just get wiped out. Like, yeah. they've got to travel in stealth. I don't think you're going to see. I think you're right. I think you could be right in that, like, this mission isn't a just out-in-your-face type mission. They're sort of operating in the shadows, trying to get these Death Star plans without getting caught. So they can't exactly engage the Empire in full-on, you know, space battle action. So you may be right. right. I just, I think, I mean, I, I, it's it's inevitable. We will get that. We'll, we will get a, a, a kick-ass space battle and some Star Wars movie going forward. I'm just ready to see it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think otherwise, other than that, the scene with John, Donnie Yen, that's the one thing I really did like about this um, this trailer, is we got a little bit of dialogue from most of the characters. We did. Um, and, and, you know, it just gives you a little insight into what they're about, and I'm telling you, man, Churret is going to be my dude. I am so He's excited. He's going to be awesome. In fact, after we record this, I might sit down and watch a little IP Man, or Ip Man. I don't know why I, I always fucking say IP Man. The IP Man. He's the intellectual property man! <laughs> but yeah, man, what a fucking trailer. What a fucking yeah. trailer. Mm. I mm-hmm. think she's pretty. Jen Erso? Yeah. Felicity Jones, me too. It it doesn't hurt that she was in that theory of everything. Um movie the one about um who's the robot voiced wheelchair guy i am i am very yes stephen hawking Stephen Hawking. have you seen that movie 
I have not seen it. She's in that, and he's and she's sort of like his love interest and stuff. I was like, right on. This pretty lady likes guys in I'm wheelchairs. I'm sure the guy that plays Stephen Hawking in that movie is the guy you hate from uh, the Jupiter Ascending movie. Oh, really? The villain from Jupiter Ascending? Is that not the guy that plays Stephen Hawking? It might be, man. It might be. Wow. Shit. Well, today in Will Ruins Movies for Halls, <laughs> Theory He's of Everything. He's also like a lady boy in this movie from like the 1920s. I don't know. Wait, is he a fucking vampire? He was, a mov- he was in a movie in the 1920s? No, no, no. It's about the 1920s. I see. I see. I was about to say, Jesus Christ, how old is this guy? He looks good for 104. <laughs> Dude, the way he talks in Jupiter Ascending just makes me want to strangle him. Oh, I know. If that was a real person, I would be in jail. Ugh. Our buddy Calvin actually uh, sent me a message on Twitter a few days ago, and he was like, your favorite movie, Jupiter Ascending's on TV. I watched about 30 minutes of it, and it was terrible. I was like, see? See? I'm not just being a dick. It's t- It's bad. It's no, real it's, it's real bad. All right. Werewolf Channing. <laughs> Ugh. So do you uh, you want to move on to some listener emails? We got a few. Absolutely. Um, and some of these are going to be about that kick-ass Rogue One trailer, so we can continue to discuss it. First up, we got our baddie, our, our buddy, baddie, baddie, buddy, baddie, buddy. I don't know why. As soon as I switch to email mode, it's like fucking a, a synapse in my brain shorts out, and I can't do it. It doesn't always happen. Um, this is from our buddy Brad, who wrote in last week. He says, hey guys, before I get to the point of this email, I just want to say I have no problem with you saying my full name on last week's episode. If I cared enough, I should have deleted my automatic signature. More importantly, though, I, Bradley David Love, would never regret <laughs> my name having my name associated with Batman versus Superman hate. Now to the point. As a fan of villains, I have found myself more excited for Rogue One than I was for The Force Awakens. What we have seen of the villains looks really badass. So I'd like to hear from any Blue Harvest fans who feel the same. Also, can you guys think of a Star Wars story that you would enjoy enjoy even more than one of the main episodes other than Boba Fett? Brad Love. Okay, why don't you take that first, Will? Um, Is there a Star Wars story... That uh, you think you'll end up liking, um, that you could see yourself liking more than an episodic film, or the episodic film's always going to reign and supreme. I, for I'm you? sure the episodic films will always trip my trigger, but the the story in the the Force Unleashed of the little Jedi kid that was taken and raised, you know, on the dark side, and then had a crisis of consciousness and flipped to the light side. I really like the concept of that story. Right. Um, I can't remember his name. It's like Galen Merrick or something. It was like Galen Merrick, Starkiller. Yeah, Starkiller. I, I really liked that Starkiller story. And if I had a movie of that, I could really get behind that. It would rival uh, a saga movie for me. Yeah, it's one that would definitely have to be reworked a little bit because they really tied him into the creation of the Rebellion. Oh, in yeah. those games, you would have to let all that go, and and that's sort of been overwritten by rebels, and and it even looks like uh, you know even more of it's going to be re uh, written by um, by Rogue One. Um, 
yeah, you know what? If done right, I could see that story. You know what I would like to see that story as? And I'm telling you right now, I'm saying you get a, a badass anime studio like Bones, who oh, do yeah. like Full Metal Alchemist. They also did one of the shorts oh, on that the... that would be sick. Yeah, like they did one of the shorts on the Halo um, anime anthology, Halo Legends or whatever it was called. Get them or, or even like maybe the studio behind Attack on Titan or something to do that as like a traditional Japanese animation movie. Yeah. You could even just do it direct to video, man. I would buy that and be so stoked. So fucking stoked. Um, and, and furthermore, like, uh, I think my answer, I bring this up all the time lately would be a tales of the Jedi movie. Ancient Jedi history. Ancient Jedi history. You better believe. I could be so down with that. Um, obviously Boba Fett is my first choice, but he said besides Boba Fett, um, you know, that's the thing, like, they're getting they're going to get all the big ones out of the way. We're getting a Han Solo movie. We're getting this Rogue One, which isn't necessarily something I can... This is more something I saw them doing later down the line. You know, I thought they would get our main character spinoff, or, you know, not necessarily main, but well-known character spinoff movies out of the way first before they started going into introducing a whole new... Um, cast of characters, but it's exciting. It's exciting it to is. me that they went with that first. It really is. Um, and honestly, you know, if you asked me three years ago, uh, almost four years ago now, when they announced the Disney takeover, that they would be doing, you know, and and they said they would be doing a trilogy as long as as well as spinoff movies. Like when I heard that, I was like, well. The Boba Fett spinoff movie is going to be first. I was convinced of that forever. Forever. And that turned out not to really be the case. And it's not even the second one. So I'm starting to wonder if, if it's even in the cards. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer to me, man. Who knows? Hopefully, eventually, I'll get a badass Boba Fett movie. I'm hoping it's not going to be the bad spinoff. It's got a lot, lot riding on it for me. Um, Not the bad Buffett. The ba- oh, ho, ho, ho. Skype can't keep this man's puns down. Can't no. keep this man's puns down. No. Um. Uh, and as far as the villains in Rogue One, I'm going to agree with him and that I think the villains look stronger in Rogue One than they did in The Force Awakens. That is because I am not an Adam Driver fan, I will admit. And, uh, you know, The Force Awakens between Snoke, Hux, and um, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren gets the most screen time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, I like Hux as a character all right, but he just doesn't really do it for me. He doesn't get that much screen time to be imitating, you know, intimidating at all. He's pretty much whiny. Yeah. It's him and Kylo Ren whining back and forth at each other. And you know what? uh, That's, you know, it's also something where... They got. They have three movies to grow them into, you know, more of an intimidating villain. You know, I think they did a lot by making him villainous by having him kill Han Solo and having Hux destroy five or six fucking planets at once. Like, I get that. I'm just hoping we get a little more growth out of those characters, and and I like them a little better. Look, the it design still seems of Kylo like Snoke is holding their hand. You know, right, like... right. Um, and, and, you know, it's also just sort of interesting seeing, cause 
in the original trilogy, we get these villains and everybody's sort of old in the Empire. You know what I mean? In A New Hope, when we see that meeting on the Death Star, it's a bunch of old fogies and Darth Vader sitting around a table, bitching right. at each other. And, and the then youth it, is... It's a little different for... It's, it's going to take a little getting used to because Kylo Ren and Hux are both pretty young uh, on the younger side for you know to be the main villains of the galaxy right Um, what the hell do they know yeah who knows who knows they Um, just they just stopped getting drunk and throwing darts and living in their parents basement doing keg stands and shit yeah but i'll say this like krennic looks like just we haven't heard him speak we haven't do anything. seen him do anything but just look awesome and ball around in a cape. And boy, does he do that on point. Boy, does he do that on point. No doubt. I am excited about some Krennic. Um, and the the Death Troopers, his like little personal cadre of super stormtroopers, amazing looking. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little more excited about And, I mean, come on, Darth Vader. When you put all that together, that's a pretty strong... Um, collection of villain villains for this one you know should be great should be <clears throat> all right next up we have our buddy richie from boston Boston. baston halls and will i'd like to introduce an interesting topic for today's email conflating conf, conflating star wars characters with the actors who portray them conflating is that a word Conflating. Maybe he meant comparing? I don't know. I'm not sure. There's a very common perception of the danger of having Star Wars define a young actor's career. Recall some of Natalie Portman's comments on the matter. But what about the opposite effect? In several of the podcasts I've listened to recently, I've heard three glowing examples of this. People tend to have a certain perception of a Star Wars character based upon the actor that betrays him. I believe that common perception to be contra- incorrect. I'll list them as follows. So he's got um, three examples here, and we'll just discuss them one by one. Mace, okay. Mace Windu. The public perce- perception of Sam Jackson, Sam Jackson is that of a badass. He's succeeding in getting a purple lightsaber for his character. But does that make the character himself a badass? In the movies, he came off as a distrustful jerk with mediocre, mediocre saber skills at best. And what about when Anakin chopped his hand off? He cried like a little girl. Badasses don't do that. Anakin lost a limb and grunted. Luke hollered for a second once, and Dooku didn't make a peep when he lost both hands. Sam Jackson may be a badass. Mace Windu was not. Okay, I will say, as portrayed in the movies, I will agree with Richie here. We, I don't think we see Mace Windu be very impressive with a lightsaber at all in the movies. Um, when compared to what we see other Jedi doing, he's very, you know, it's more reminiscent of the original trilogy sort of saber, uh, saber fighting style. Um, he's definitely not like all spinny and, and acrobatic and shit. Um, and as far as he is sort of a distrustful jerk, I, I, I see what people are saying. Like he doesn't miss an opportunity to try and take Anakin or Obi-Wan or anybody down a peg. Um, and I also wonder if that's sort of a stylistic choice that George Lucas made in the prequels where, you know, I mean, it's also kind of something that Yoda admits to 
you know, from what I understand in the Revenge of the Sith book, you know, like that the old, the Jedi were just believed the way that the Jedi before them had trained them was the way to go. And what really happened was the Sith evolved over time and the Jedi stagnated. You know, they were yeah, aligned. And, and he even that even gets addressed a little bit in the second season of Rebels when Yoda appears to Ezra. For the second time, he says, you know, they got too, they lost their way. They got drawn into a conflict they shouldn't have been drawn into. Um, I think also George Lucas was directing certain Jedi Masters in the prequels to be um, sort of, I think he was going for sort of a zen, non-emotional state, you know? Like, because Jedi are supposed to be you know, sort of Zen warriors that don't play into their emotion and their rage and their passion. And um, I think maybe his directing style on that sort of made certain characters just come off as dicks, like Mace Windu. Um, I would say in the Clone Wars, he comes off as a little more impressive and a little more capable. So that's what I would say to that. That's true. So Lando Calrissian is his next one. Why is everyone's favorite image of Lando that god-awful stereotype of the African-American male who has nothing but sex and money on his brain? Did this character have no growth at all, or do people just refuse to acknowledge it? While a smooth-talking Billy D. Williams hawking Colt 45 is a cool image, that should not be our lasting image of what Lando Calrissian became. What about Return of the Jedi? Can, can't anyone see that Lando found something worth fighting for in the Rebellion? Look at Billy D's portrayal of Lando's scream of joy as the Death Star 2 blew up, or the smile on his face in the last scene on the Endor moon. He's clap- he's a- he is a clapping fool in that last scene. Billy D. Williams knows how to fucking clap. Well, yeah, that's what does. I'll say. Surely, if, Ran- if Lando were the money-hungry, greedy smoothie that we first saw in Empire, then he would not be on that moon. Why would George Lucas bother telling a story with absolutely no character growth? You know, I think... If I had to guess, the reason most people think... I do think of Lando as sort of the character that turns himself around. I just think we get more of Lando in Empire. And so the Empire version of Lando is what you think of most. You know? Right. If you really think about how much Lando is in Return of the Jedi, it's not a whole lot. He's there at the, um, you know, the beginning um, Tatooine segment. You know, he's, uh, he's got that, uh, must have heard he about He makes my... his first appearance. Like, that's when you get your first impression of Lando Calrissian. And then he has to spend the rest of the trilogy redeeming himself. Right. And he does a real dick move by turning Han in, even though he turns, you know, turns it around, like, turn it around or not. That's still a, a dick move. I'm telling you this right now, Will. If you came to see mine to ban a gas mine and the Empire beat you to it, like, as soon as you landed, and I gave right. you that... How you doing, you old pirate? Good to see you. Hug. I would whisper in your ear, motherfucker, the Empire's here. You You gotta get get away. You gotta run. Run. Take your big dog person and this lady and run. But the fucked up thing is that Lando thought he was making a deal for the prosperity of the colony. Yeah, I mean, even still, I don't think that's a good reason to throw your your, bro under. That doesn't make it okay. but But Richie does have a good point. He goes from being sort of a an asshole to being a hero of the rebellion he he participates in in the most if not one of the most uh critical ba- battles that the rebellion ever has to do he's involved in the destruction of the second death star you know um 
so yeah, I mean, he definitely turns his character around. I think it's just a lack of screen time that really keeps people from focusing on that and stuff. And plus, man, like African American or not, Lando is just a smooth dude. Like I, I don't even think that has anything to do with it for me. Like I like smooth Lando. You know what I'm saying? I like, oh, what have we here? You really right. do in, uh, belong with us among the clouds. Like, right. Like, Han Solo's, I'm not saying Han Solo isn't smooth, but he's not Lando smooth. Like, Han Solo is like a cad, a roguish cad smooth. And Lando is just smooth like butter. <clears throat> and last up, uh, we have the Inquisitor. Lastly, I come to Jason, Jason Isaac's portrayal of the Inquisitor. I fell in love. I fell into my love to hate relationship with Jason Isaacs in 2000 when I saw his portrayal of Colonel Tavington in The Patriot. He was cunning, downright evil, but a worthy opponent of a protagonist. Protagonist, not to mention the very lethal blow he deals to them in that movie. That character archetype continued somewhat for him during the Harry Potter series. Now, personally, I've never felt that our Star Wars rebels were even ever in danger from the Inquisitor, even though they hired Jason Isaacs to do the voice. He was clearly hired to fill that archetype, but the character itself fell flat. He lost a lightsaber to to a very rough-around-the-edges Kanan, and before that, never dealt any serious blows to the Rebels' crew. I'm going to have to agree with Jesse on this. Uh, Jesse. I said Jesse because she just got home from work. I got all <laughs> mixed up. Cool. Uh, I, I'm going to have to agree with Richie on this that we didn't really get much uh, development character-wise for the Inquisitor. Um, I will say that I do dig the casting choice of Jason Isaacs as his voice. Um, old fucking Lucius Malfoy from Harry Potter. Fucking dickhead. Yeah. Fucking hate the Malfoys. You like to hate him. Fucking kill all the Malfoys, Jesse. Kill all the Malfoys. I don't care if a Malfoy is a good character in the new book. I'm going to fucking throw that, throw that book in the toilet, making a Malfoy a good character. This has been your Harry Potter segment for um, Blue Harvest. <laughs> they just didn't do much with him, man. Like I think they should have kept him around as a villain for a little while before getting rid of him at the end of season one is my take oh, I, I ruffled some fre- feathers with my harry potter comments with jesse she's giving me the stink eye now expelliarmus <clears throat> yeah um uh, yeah i i just don't think they the villains on rebels haven't stuck around long enough like we got the seventh sister and the fifth brother or whatever in the second season now they're gone and the fucking inquisitor from season one is gone they seem a little disposable and uh that does not as good as a sith or a jedi well i I think that is the point honestly i think they're not supposed to be um definitely not as powerful as a sith because you know old palpatine doesn't want someone coming up and trying to take the throne from him um, and this is uh, how Richie finishes it all off. Although I enjoy the talent, I think that sometimes hiring an actor that has spent his career filling a certain role can hurt the character more than it helps. I wouldn't necessarily replace any of those actors, but I do think that people need to take a step back and separate the two. What do you guys think? Is this a valid point or no? Would you change any of the actors out in order to better serve a character? Richie from Boston. Um, okay. 
Um, so I get what he's saying there, like, and it's a lot of times why I prefer Star Wars to go with unknown actors than than someone we know from a lot of stuff, just because you know, if you get someone that's well known from a lot of other work, you're always going to associate their other work into what they're doing in Star Wars. You know what right. I mean? And uh, I can see how that can be a detriment to the character. Um, with the case of Billy D. Williams, I mean, I know he was in a lot of stuff. I have not gone through and watched a lot of the Billy D. Williams filmography, so it didn't really, it, that never really came into effect with me with Lando. I've just always thought of him as Lando. <laughs> and uh, is there any actors you would ever, you would change, Will? No, I I like everyone's actor. Like, I like who they are. I just I guess maybe because that's the way I've grown to know everyone but I would say uh, really and I know this is beating a dead horse for me the only one I would change is fucking Adam Driver as Kylo Ren I hate him yeah you really don't like him I hate his stupid fucking face so much man I just fucking hate it but what can you do and you know what I also realized that having him as the whiny petulant little spoiled ass brat Kylo Ren Right. I I realize that that actor serves that purpose, so I'm not going to complain too much. And it's not like I have a better casting idea. Right. I say this, and it's not like I'm I'm like, oh well, they should have cast so and so instead. It's just I'm not a fan. Not a fan of Adam Driver. I know you're not. <clears throat> well, next up, we got our good old buddy Joe, and his email is about the Jedi Olympics. To bring it back around to the Olympics. Hello, Will and Halls. In light of the Olympics, I wanted to know if you and your listeners could come up with games for a proposed theatrical short, Jedi Olympics, a Star Wars story. The point is to put Jedi against each other in friendly competition that doesn't involve too much dismemberment. Here are a few ideas that came to mind. Baloney Big Mac Eating Challenge. How many baloney Big Macs can a Jedi eat in 10 minutes, period? It's like the That's annual, pretty good. <laughs> it's like the annual hot dog eating contest but sponsored by Darth Payne instead of Nathan's Hot Dogs. Lightsaber Boomerang. How far can a Jedi throw his or her lightsaber and catch it without dropping it upon its return? Mustafar Endurance. This is a team event, almost like car racing. The clock starts when a Jedi loses at least two limbs and probably some genitalia prior to being burned by lava. Can teammates arrive in time to transfer the Jedi to Coruscant to save him or her in time? Bonus points are earned by letting rain drench that burn team out teammate without consequence. You know that is fucked up that they like when they go to pick up Anakin's uh burn ass dismembered body, they just roll him around in the rain on Mustafar and not giving a fuck. You know that rain hurts on all them fucking burns and cuts and shit. Yeah, and you know he's probably got whatever that obsidian sand is like burned into his entire body. Uh no doubt. Padawan Triathlon. How quickly can a Padawan dispa- dispatch a Dianoga, Wampa, and Rancor in immediate su- succession? It took Luke Skywalker three movies, but for a trained Padawan, it should be a piece of cake. I know. I have no idea. No idea. I have no doubt that you and your listeners can come up with better ideas. Sincerely, your podcast is the highlight of my week. So please keep up the great work. You've got something great working, and all your listeners appreciate it, Joe. You know what I like about Joe's emails? Like, he gets, and, and, you know, I've said it before, we have some amazing people that write into our podcast. Really the fucking cream of the crop. Joe we always, really do. 
And Joe always gives us a nice little sportsmanship pat on the ass on his way out the door. Like, good job, guys. Here's a little little ass pat. Uh, what would uh, what would some of your Jedi Olympic events be, Will? Oh, obviously saber fighting. Like, there would be, like, the saber fighting Olympics, and then there would be the force push Olympics. You know, there would be, like, Jedi sumo with only force pushes. You know, you'd have to push somebody out of the ring. I like There'd that. would be, like, the, the meditate off. Like, who could meditate the longest? Now, that is a or boring event to watch. Who could levitate the longest? Um, okay, so I've got a couple in mind. Pod racing. Come on. A bunch of Jedi pod racing? That could be badass. It takes Jedi like... Oh, Dharma. For the love of God, that's enough of that. Um, yes, it does take <laughs> Jedi-like reflexes for a human to pod race. Um, let's see. I think... Um, um, oh, I know. I know. Jedi gay chicken. You know what that is? It's where two what Jedi stand on either side of the room and use the force to to fondle each other's nutsacks, and the first person to get a boner loses. But it sounds like everybody wins in that game. It does. I mean, we all win in Jedi Gay Chicken. We all win. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you guys should write in. Write in and give us some uh, ideas for Jedi Olympics. I like Joe's idea with that. Um. I like it. I like it. <clears throat> Next up, we've got a first-time writer. And this is from our buddy Luke. Um, for those who um, follow us on Twitter, you should go back um, in my Twitter feed today and see quite the funny conversation between Luke, uh, Richie, myself, and sometimes Johnny. Um, and it was all about Johnny. And the horrible shit he wants to do to me. It was a good time this morning. Well, I know what Johnny wants to do to you. Uh, and it's a lot of stuff. Uh, this is what Luke has to say. Hey, Will and Halls. I've been listening to you guys for a while and decided it was finally time to write in. Recently, I've been powering through the back catalog of Blue Harvest Podcast. And I gotta say, it's been a fun and hilarious ride. The camaraderie between the two of you just can't be beat. Thanks, buddy. All right, enough with the slow jack. Yeah, speed it up a little bit. Get some friction going. Spit in your hand first. What a perfect time for my first write-in. How about that Rogue One trailer? I loved it. I'm very much looking forward to the different feel this movie will have compared to the episodic movies. That being said, we all, we all but know that everyone has to die in this movie. So my question is, after this movie comes out and everyone falls in love with the characters, how far will they stretch their stories in other media? Do you think a lot of the characters will get origin novels, movies, and or comics? I think the main dig about going that route would be that everyone is clamoring for, for stories between 7 and 8, and they may be off-put by even more original trilogy-era content. But then again, this is Star Wars. Thoughts on this? Also, Halls, I know you've loved the new Tank Troopers and, it would, and would like to cosplay as them if you could figure it out. That being said, if you decided to do that one day, I've found the perfect wheelchair for it. My mother-in-law has MS, but she also likes to hike, so the family got her this. Check out the attached photo. Not only does this go off-road and have tank treads, but it also goes about 10 miles an hour when going out flat. Also, I think some insurances will cover it, so yeah, hope you enjoyed that. And he sent me the pic this picture of a badass wheelchair, and it no doubt has tank treads. Like, this is a serious 
outdoorsman's style wheelchair. That's like it could survive the test. Like it, it, like this shit should be in Mad Max. Like there should be a character in Mad Max that goes around in the wasteland in one of these. Um, so what do you think? Uh, do you think most of this uh, cast of Rogue One is um is bound to die? I think probably. You think so? I mean, I I don't want to say so, but I probably so. Yeah. I think most of. I think there could be some survivors. You could leave a couple of survivors that you could, um, you know, carry on to other movies and other stories. Some of the things that have come up in, in some of the interviews, Kathleen Kennedy described Jen Erso's character as this movie's uh, Joan of Arc, and I don't think that bodes well for her. Yeah, um, I don't think so either. And, you know, honestly, if you wanted to do more movies with any characters that die off in this... Who's to say you can't do a prequel to Rogue One, you know? We know that um, that um, Jen Erso has had some run-ins with the Empire and, and has, uh, has been kicking around by herself since she was 15, so I think that leaves the door open to, if she dies in Rogue One, they could always, if they do it quick enough and she doesn't age too much, you could always go back and, you know, tell some stuff that happened before Rogue One. That is a question for me, because like, if this movie is hugely successful, how do you sequelize it if you care, kill off all your characters? And maybe the answer is you don't. You just give them one really f- fucking strong movie and and move on. Huzzah. Huzzah. <clears throat> all right. So moving on next, we got our buddy Tomas. Tomas has this to say. Konnichiwa, Halls and Will, and any other guests you may have. Today I was wondering, other than the concept for Star Wars Underworld, what kind of things you'd like to see in a live-action Star Wars TV show. We kind of talked about that last week. Black Series update. I missed the release of the exclusives, but I was able to get a Kanan, Resistance Fighter, Snowtrooper, and First Order TIE Pilot. Right on, buddy. You're moving right along in your collection. Thanks, dudes. P.S. The guests lately have been great. Dude, I gotta agree with him on that, man. We've been... I think our, our guests have been knocking it out of the park. Yeah, they've been really great. Um, so, what about you, Will? Do you have any, since last week, do you have any new um, ideas for a Star Wars live-action TV show? I, last week kind of tapped me out, but, you know, really, the the idea of the Republic Commandos, I think, would be really cool. And like you said, a Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, um, I think... Um, someone was saying, it may have even been our buddy Luke who wrote in this week. If I'm wrong about that, I'm sorry to whoever it was. We, I've been getting some increased Twitter activity and sometimes it's, it's hard to keep track. Um, someone mentioned like a, maybe a Black Squadron show, um, set in between episode six and seven that sort of details how Black Squadron came together and some of their missions and stuff, um, before the force awakens and a an x-wing pilot show is something i could get way behind jesse is building some ikea furniture behind me in case anybody was wondering she got the uh chorn bjorn couch from uh ikea and she's putting it together chorn bjorn chorn bjorn i don't know they all got weird swedish names swedish um Alrighty. Next up, we got one last email, and it's from our buddy King Tam. King Tam. 
And this is what he has to say. Will and Halls, happy day after the Rogue One trailer day. He's got three questions. Number one, how did the Pokemon hunting slash brunch mandate go? Well, uh, we got a little update on that. I want to say that our Twitter friends and followers really let me down last week because I think I got two Pokemon yeses and a handful of Pokemon no's. So thanks for, Pokemon no. Thanks for stabbing me in the back on that one, guys. Like, my own fucking brother-in-law couldn't even fucking back me up and be like, Oh, man, you should play some Pokemon with Halls, man. He's got to be too cool for school. Man, all I play, Call of Duty, God of War, Destiny. I mean, Goose plays a lot. Fallout, Elder Scrolls, no Pokemon. So I don't think that's why Goose doesn't play Pokemon. He's, he plays it because he's too cool for school. He wants to seem is that too what it cool. Is? Yeah, it is. It's, what, it's why both of you don't play it. Oh, we're too cool. We're too smooth. Oh, we can't play Pokemon Go with our... our hey, you wanted me to throw down the gauntlet? I guarantee Lando doesn't play Pokemon Go. Oh, I bet you he does. I bet you po- Lando has a badass Pokemon collection that on his That smooth phone. son of a bitch doesn't play Pokemon Go. Now, look, he doesn't let any ladies that he brings back to Cloud City see him playing Pokemon Go. But him and Lobot definitely compare Pokemon. Okay, they... Lobot plays Pokemon Go for Lando. Oh, yeah. When Lando's too busy... his account. <laughs> when he's too busy uh, to, to actually play it himself... Lobot definitely takes care of it for him. Um, But as far as a Pokemon hunting brunch mandate go, guess what? Me and Jeff from last week, we have one planned. We're going to go out hunting Pokemon. Maybe we will have brunch. Drink some mimosas. Feed each other. It'll be like Lady and the Tramp. Me and and, uh, 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 Jeff just sharing a big old plate of pasta. Go get yourself a Charmander or a Clancy. See? See? Look, I can hear it in your voice. A Porygon. Man, I bet you they got some kick-ass Pokemon in Mississippi. You could start catching no, them. No, hell no. <clears throat> All right, here he goes. The, Number the two. Redneck Pokemon. <laughs> My, uh, the Rogue One trailer was awesome. The upside-down perspective shot of the Death Star was beautiful. It's nice to see them showing different viewpoints of this un- iconic Star Wars location. My question, and I ask it because Will Witten is the gentleman ass crusher, do you think Rogue One will give us a shot of the Death Star's backside? I think we got it in this trailer, actually. We kind of did. I mean, I don't think there's much going on in the Death Star's backside. It's just a sphere. Probably um, still spherical and still gray. Wouldn't it be funny if they did turn the Death Star around and we saw the back and it had like a an ass molded into the back of it? Or if it had, like, the plugs in the back for, like, HDMI or, like... (laughs) It had a bunch of ports. Component cables. Optical cable, USB, fucking HDMI, component. It even has old-school RF switch adapter. Firewire. Firewire. Um, It's it's basically just a giant floating Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. So, like, uh, the Empire goes into a the atmosphere of a planet and they just start blasting some fucking ACDC to terrorize figured, the masses this below. This is the last thing you'll hear before your planet is blowed up. <clears throat> Richie, this is his third point. Richie from Boston had a great idea with what what were they thinking game. Kind of related to his question and the discussion. After Han was unfrozen from Carbonite, he had a few hours alone with Chewie in the cell in Jabba's palace where it's likely Chewie filled him in on everything that happened since he was frozen. 
Do you think Chewie told Han that Lando borrowed Han's clothes? And if so, how did Han react? Thanks for reading and the great podcast. Your pal, King Tom. So, uh, what do you think, what do you think uh, Han and Chewie talked about in that cell uh, overnight while they were waiting to get taken to the Sarlacc? I don't think they, um, I don't think they talked about how, because that is, have you ever noticed that at the end of Empire when uh, Lando and Chewie are, are headed off to Tatooine that Lando was wearing Han's outfit? I did not realize that. Yep, he's wearing the shirt and the vest and everything. Like It's like he went in the Han's closet and was like, I'll take this. I'll take one of these. And you know who looks better than Han Solo in a nice vest? Lando Calrissian. I'm the administrator. Every time. Every time. Um, if I had to guess, he was probably more worried about um, Lando trying to get up in Leia than um, than whether he was wearing Han's clothes or not. He was like, Chewie, when did that motherfucker Lando try to get with Leia while I was frozen? And Chewie's right. like... <laughs> He he probably got Chewie to fill him in on everything, including you know where his ship was, what Lando was doing, Leia, Luke. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, we see him fill him in on uh, Luke, <laughs> Jedi Knight. I'm out of it for a little while, and everybody gets delusions of grandeur. <laughs> you know what it probably is is you know I I always like to imagine Chewie as like a big dog. He probably had him brush him out a little bit. You know, Chewie's probably got a nice uh, dog brush in that bandolier, and he had um, and and you know, Han's the only guy Chewie uh, um, trusted to do the brushing. So Chewie probably rolled on his back and let uh, Han brush his belly and scratch him behind his ears and stuff. Give him a blowout. You remember when I was in the hospital for like two months and I came home and saw Dharma for the first time? Yeah. You remember how excited she was? I do. That is what I like to imagine went on. With uh, Han and Chewie, when uh, they saw each other in that cell, I'm sure it was. You know, Han's been frozen for over a year. Maybe Chewie, Chewie gave him a little friendly hand relief. Like it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't like a anything super sexual. It's just like, man, I'm all pent up, Chewie. What do you think you can do about that? And Chewie took you his think like a Wookie can really contain himself to jerk a man off i i don't i think he doesn't know his own strength just accidentally rip it off yeah throw it in a tall grass that's ex- the exact phrase i was gonna say is he'd rip that shit off and throw it into the tall grass <laughs> throw it into the sarlacc whoops fucking r2d2's little uh wookies are known for pulling people's cocks out of their <laughs> sockets <laughs> ripping it off like a the cord of a lawnmower fucking the little uh hidden compartment in r2d2's dome opens up and a replacement wiener slowly pokes out of the top he shoots it out and han grabs it and puts it on i mean you know it's sci-fi they can do that kind of stuff you think if you get your dick cut off in star wars they can give you like a luke's prosthetic hand dick I bet they give you a robotic penis. Because, like, you know, when when 2-1-B is putting Luke's hand on, he's, like, poking it with uh, needles to see if it reacts. Yeah. Do you think they have to do that same test? Like, Han would be standing there with his his new robot dick, and, like, 2-1-B is poking it, and he's like, ow, ow. And maybe gas-fed. Like you were saying earlier, you may have to crank it like a lawnmower. (laughs) And then, you know, uh, Han gets... 
<laughs> Han gets uh, gets shot in the dick and has to put a black glove over it to, <laughs> to hide it. It's a good but time. It doesn't look very good. Yeah, it's got like exposed wires, and then Han disappears, and you see him at the end of Episode Seven, and he goes to pull his pants down, and you see that uh, he doesn't have the fake skin over his robot dick anymore. It just looks like a piece of rebar. I don't think that's gonna get us a ride, man. <laughs> It's like my thumb is macaque. Man, thanks for that, King Tom. Thanks for that. That's that's where right. that's where your email led us, buddy. There's a lot of uh, a lot of mental images that won't won't <laughs> shortly leave me. Yeah, as you as you drift off to sleep tonight, I just want you to think of uh, Han Solo with a robot penis with a lot of exposed wiring. In because all, Chewbacca ripped it off. Because Chewie ripped it off while trying to give him friendly hand relief. Really? No. Really? If 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 there's one thing we want you to take away from 64 episodes of this podcast, it's that it's mental friendly image. hand relief. <laughs> Man, I, I wish if if um uh, if if there was a uh if we weren't breaking down the Rogue One trailer this week, the ep- title of this episode would be Friendly Hand Relief. It may still. Yeah, it might happen. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. On that note, right on, on that robotic dick note, robotic hand, friendly hand relief. Those are your favorite notes to play. Rickandmorty.com dot robotic dick dot hand relief dot com. Um, so, uh, well, thanks for uh, uh, being on your shit buddy and and making sure we could do that this week do this this week all about being on my shit so uh like i said you know it'll be a little different moving forward but uh i think it'll all work out just fine Uh, you can still expect us to have some guests on and uh and just keep this ball rolling so um before we go uh remember we got shirts mugs notebooks all that kind of good shit on sale at tpublic.com slash blueharvestpodcast. There'll be a link in the show notes, and there's also a link on our, our Facebook and our Twitter. Um, and if we should you, put our logo on a cape. Oh, I wonder if tpublic can do capes. I wonder. Holy shit, Will. This is why I like to keep you around. Is for <laughs> fucking, this is why you keep me around. I wonder if we could get our shit printed on a condom. So our our male listeners or a dental dam on the condom itself, but even on like just the, the exterior wrapper of the condom. I want it on the actual condom, so you could look down you do. and see me and Will as samurai staring up at you. Yeah, on your sword. You watch the sword grow. <laughs> mm. um, if you like our intro theme song, please support the band that lets us use that every week. And that band is Stoned Cobra. They have a new album, Armed and Hammered, available at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com on iTunes, and you can stream it on Spotify. They're awesome dudes, and uh, we appreciate their support, so you guys should support them. But uh, that's it for this week. So, for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>